0: He's just a psychopath,
1: like his wife played by yeah, Laura yeah. Linney, so
0: she, just, a, so just she, a
1: psychopath.
0: Hey guys, my name is Elan.
1: And I'm David, and welcome to our podcast, I Finally Watched, where we talk about movies that at least one of us hasn't seen before. We discuss our thoughts on the film and determine, was it worth the wait? Does it still hold up? And would we watch it again? And for this episode, I finally watched Mystic River. So Elan, what did you think of Mystic River?
0: this kept getting uh, recommended to me. And I I just never really, I don't know. I I read the the synopsis. Uh, All it says is tragedy reunites childhood friends, Sean, Dave, and Jimmy, who uh, are linked together in a murder investigation. And, And from there, that's all I know about the movie. So going into it and and watching it last night, I I really liked it. I, I I'm not gonna say I was blown away. I'm not gonna say it's something I you know I've never seen this before, uh, probably due to the fact that it is uh,
1: 17 years old. Right. But I I really thought it was a solid movie. So when I saw this 2003, I was about 16. And so at that point, having a car and just having an excuse to go places, I would go to the movies a good bit by myself. And I don't know what led me to see this movie because I don't remember knowing anything about it going into it. But I saw it. And at the time, I was blown away by it. Um, And within a week, I talked to one of my friends um, into going and seeing it again uh, you liked it that much yes and I wasn't even sure if he would like it because he doesn't have great taste in movies <laughs> um, but he was blown away by it too at least that's what he told me um, which I don't know if that's a good sign for it being a good movie but I think it is um, yeah I was blown away by it and then when I watched it um, earlier for for purposes of this I still had kind of the same feeling. Like I noticed a lot more things that I probably missed back then. The buildup of this movie still had me, you know, for the last 20, 30 minutes, I was kind of standing in front of my TV just so I could take it all in. Um and still had the same anxiety watching it. So uh,
0: that anxiety in the last 30 minutes really got me too. I I I was standing. I think I ended up at one point behind my couch, watching <laughs> it from a distance because <laughs> I will say it is a good movie. It was, it's probably a better movie back in 2003 than it is here now in 2020. I noticed a lot of tropes. Uh, So I know that we can't get much into the movie uh, spoiler free because I feel like right off the bat, uh, except for maybe the first 20 minutes, it's uh it's plot
1: point after plot point after plot point so well you could consider i think you might even consider the first five minutes of a spoiler right the setup of yeah. it when i went into it i don't think that i knew anything about it i i had i, I kind of wish i'd rewatched a trailer for it um before this just to see what what would have drawn me into it but yeah i think there's a there's a big plot line in the first few minutes. And then I think 30 to 45 minutes in, there's another huge uh, point that if you, I think it changes, still a great movie if you know about that going in. Um, but I think it just, it makes it so much better if you don't. Well, I think one of the lures of this movie, um,
0: especially back then is who stars in it. Sean Penn, Kevin Bacon, Tim Robbins, Lawrence Fishburne, uh, those are all great actors. Those are actors that I enjoy watching. So, especially back in 2003, I can see the appeal of watching something with this this like star-studded cast. The kids in the beginning of the film who grow up to be the adults are, Let me see if I can get... Jimmy is played by Sean Penn. Sean is played by Kevin
1: Bacon. And Dave is played by Tim Robbins. Would have made it so much easier if Sean Penn just was named Sean. So here's the thing, though,
0: is that the kids that they got to play the younger versions of these actors, I feel like the kid they got to play young Jimmy... Should have grown up to look more like Kevin Bacon. I didn't think that the the casting on the the kids was very well done. Uh, Jimmy should have been Sean. Dave is fine. I just really think those two should have been switched because for those who haven't seen it, young young Jimmy, who is Sean Penn, is played by this like extremely pale freckled redhead kid. And I can't imagine him growing up to looking anything like Sean Penn.
1: Well, if you notice too, at the end of the movie, and this doesn't spoil anything, but you see Sean Penn with his shirt off and he has this cross on his back with what I think looks like a four leaf clover. So I think he's supposed to be Irish, I would guess. Well, you get he's kind of like in the Irish mob,
0: right? He's kind of like that kind of guy. Yeah, because he has a few prison tattoos and and stuff like that, and I'm pretty sure some of those are just Sean Penn tattoos,
1: but... They uh, they probably had to cover up some of his.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, Yeah, it just, it it kind of threw me off a little bit in the beginning, because I really felt like the kid who played Jimmy
1: would have grown up to more look like Kevin Bacon, and then vice versa with the kid who looked like Sean, but that's... That's also, they're in the movie for like maybe two minutes, so it doesn't really matter that much that's the only thing that I didn't really i thought was off well, and I think at this point, it's probably a good time just to get into the movie, kind of starting with the beginning um so for anyone who hasn't seen it, you, know, I would go watch it so I think the thing that struck me first, I don't know if you picked up on this, but and just to lay out the plot a little further so. The uh, three boys, Sean, Jimmy, and Dave, are playing outside, and at a certain point, they decide to write their names in cement. And uh, two guys pull up in a car, and one of them seems to be a police officer and tells them, oh, "You shouldn't be doing this. Uh, where do you live?" And um, because Dave doesn't live there, is what he says. He's like he uh, the would-be police officer tells him, "I'm gonna I'm gonna drive you." To your mom's house, and then takes him off, and he's held ha- captive for four days, and presumably is molested during that time. Um, which that part is just so. Even watching it again for this, it's just you're like, don't get in that car. Like it's just one of those tense moments where you know something's wrong.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, not even then, but there's um, towards the end of the movie. Dave gets in a car again as an adult, and you're thinking the exact same thing. You're thinking, kid, man, don't get in that car.
1: Yeah, there's definitely, it was one of those, like, hey, look at this moment. Look what we did with our movie where we showed this twice, which is, that's getting a little ahead of ourselves. But so after that point, uh, it comes to the present day. Um, Kevin Bacon, who plays Sean, is a uh, Massachusetts State police officer. He's a homicide detective. And Jimmy, uh, played by Sean Penn, is just shown running a convenience store. Um, and his daughter works there. And then you meet his daughter's boyfriend, who Jimmy doesn't like. And then that sets up the story. Um, eventually, you find out that Jimmy's daughter um, was murdered. One thing I noticed that was really was interesting to me, and um, I think really like sets the movie, there's almost no music, there's no score up until you find her body like I kept I I kept noticing there's just a silence and like it just I don't know if I would have noticed it the first time but I think it just really builds the dread of like expecting what's happening because it's just sort of building and building where oh she's Mm -hmm. missing she didn't come home oh she'll turn up oh she's not at her friend's house oh she's gonna come to church for uh, her sister's first communion oh she's not there and then you see the cop cars go by. And then Jimmy starts to figure out something's wrong. And then when you find the body, that's when the score kicks in. I think it's just like really impactful.
0: Yeah, I didn't notice that. But now thinking back on it, yeah, I can see. I can see that. Um, the, the dread and the anxiety that leads to them finding her body. It, in many ways, I feel like the film is very, predictable
1: I was gonna I was and, gonna ask I was gonna ask you about that um not to interrupt but real quick did you did you think she was gonna be dead like were you for sure I thought it was
0: so well I thought it was so obvious that she she was gonna be found dead that she wasn't gonna be found dead um and And that comes kind of that obvious play I know you know what I'm talking about comes on later in that movie um, with who murdered her. And I have to tell you, there's one scene, kind of in the middle of the movie, that I figured out the whole thing. And I don't know if it's because, like would I have figured it out if I was like you sixteen? back in 2003, haven't seen as many movies as I've seen now, ha- hasn't seen as many tropes. And then, you know, kind of fell for, for what the movie was feeding you. It, it's kind of back when I, what I said about in Ex Machina, where the movie manipulates you with music and situational stuff, that it kind of wants you to think one thing until it doesn't. What, what, uh, what scene are you talking about? when they sit down to interrogate Brendan Harris, Katie's boyfriend. Right. And they're in his living room or dining room and uh, they're interviewing him, they're interviewing, they're interrogating him, being like, you know, where were you between blah, blah, blah time and this time and can you have a, a alibi? In the middle of that, his brother walks in with, his friend carrying a hockey stick and skateboards. And I turn to my girlfriend and she looks at me and I go, I figured it out. And she read my mind, you know, she thought the same thing. And so we finished the rest of the movie. And then as it got towards the end it became more and more obvious. And so we were, were, I I think that's like, there was a, this is like a two hour, two hour, five minute movie and that scene takes place about an hour. And, and when the movie ended, we were like pretty proud of ourselves that
1: we felt like we figured it out, uh, about halfway in the movie. Well, and the movie does kind of play out like a, uh, almost like a law and order episode where they, they leave clue after clue after clue that get kind of more obvious. Like if you, <clears throat> uh, If you look at like the way that he's carrying the hockey stick in the store.
0: I don't know if you can see on my notes, but I literally have on like the second line. Except for the beginning and the very end. It's very law and order.
1: Thanks for showing me your
0: your screen. I was thinking the exact, well, I needed proof because I was thinking the exact same
1: thing. So yeah. And so it plays out very procedurally, but I think there's also just so much, there's so much like subtext in the movie, like other little stories going on that are like super interesting that you don't find in a Law & Order movie
0: or well, Law & Order show. Yeah, I, I agree. As far as the story goes and, and the writing goes, there's a lot of, it, it got to a point that it was so obvious Law and & Order and I had to look it up. I was like, did Law & Order rip this or did it obviously rip from Law & Order? Just like the, the, the tracking walking scenes where they're like interrogating someone to like, oh, you know, we should check out um, the manager over at McGill's and then cut to them talking to the manager at McGill's. You know, that kind of very yeah. basic process of, of Law & Order. Um, yeah, but I also
1: think it's hard to do a homicide detective type movie without looking like law and order
0: but i mean for for so in the end they they cut between these very two different situations and i feel like i felt like you know that wasn't like law and order at all but when it really stuck with the detectives and they were like oh let's check out this guy or oh let's go and interrogate this guy and it cut to them doing that at one point in the movie i just kept going dun dun (laughs) after every scene because it just felt so so uh basic in that way but i think beyond that where the movie really shines in the writing is like you were saying the little stuff the backstory of how everyone has a little a little something
1: extra well and i think the main uh the main way you can see that is the building up of sean penn's character Because he starts out, he's this convenience store owner. And then as he comes to the crime scene of of what he finds out to be his daughter's death, you um he's got these guys with him and he's kind of giving them orders and you're like, Oh, you know, these are friends or whatever, and I guess he's just a smart dude. He's kinda telling them what they need to do. And you know, it's a Boston neighborhood, so they, you know, like to handle things on their own. But then you find out, oh, he's um he's been in prison um for a robbery. Um mm. and but just like the way he communicates with this guy's too. He's like, all right, you go over there. I'm like, you handle this. I'm like, all right, I got it, I got it. I just find it like the way they built him into this, basically at the end, he's like a a friggin' mafia boss.
0: In the end, he basically uh confesses to a murder we'll get to in a second, to lead detective Kevin Bacon. And who, he doesn't,
1: who confesses?
0: Sean Penn's character. Oh, right, right. Jimmy confesses to the murder of Dave. Uh, of Dave. Who, for the record, the movie really, really wanted you to think Dave did it. Uh, Dave is the friend who was got molested. abducted, was molested, and got abducted when they were children. And, you know, you screwed up in the head because of it. And he has all these, like, his story doesn't uh, stand straight uh, when he gives it, you know, he gives a different story on where he was that night three different times and it was three different stories. No, you know, he can't keep to the same story. His wife is becoming suspicion, suspicious of him. The music gets real weird and the lighting gets real weird when he, uh, he acts, you know, out of, you know, real weird. And the movie really really likes him for it and you they want you to really think he did it which for me really made me look at every other possibility besides him just because i was already in the mind frame that this is too obvious there has to be another another uh
1: suspicious character which is why watching this 17 years after it's released might you know it might have been better to watch it then because you would have less of these you know less of this history of shows you've watched that have like, Oh, this is who you should be looking at. But then it turns out to be a different guy. Well, one, one thing I really liked in all that, when they were trying to paint Dave as the murderer is the interrogation. Um, and I think I had seen this, I think I'd seen this scene in other places too, like just repeated over as like a, a seminal scene in the movie where they're um, he's, a, you know, they, they got his car and there's his blood in the front seat. And then there's a different type of blood in the, in the trunk they got his car because they said it was stolen. And so they're asking, Lawrence Fishburne's asking him like, oh, what, what, how'd you get blood in the front seat? He's like, well, it's, um, I cut myself doing this and then I got it everywhere and I tried to clean it up. And he's like, well, what's your blood type? And he tells him, he's like, oh, well, that matches that. He's like, well, great, that's what I told you. He's like, and then Lawrence Fishburne's like, well, what about the blood in the trunk? He's like, well, how would I know about that? You're the one that just told me my car was stolen. Maybe you should find out <laughs> yeah. who stole it. And it's just yeah. like- And Kevin Bacon even says, he's like, he just handed us our asses. Like, like, what do you want us to do with it?
0: Yeah, and it's one moment in the film where you kind of underestimate Dave uh, as as the audience and also the detectives. I feel like
1: he's very underestimated, but he's very smart. He just seems like damaged goods throughout the entire movie after the uh, incident of, you know, he says at the end of the movie, he's like, you know, I never even had a childhood. He's like, he tells Sean Penn, like, you know, what if it had been you in that car? Which Sean Penn's like, well, it wasn't. <laughs> it was you. And he just... Ha- what I find, like,
0: yeah. What what was heartbreaking to me is at the end of the movie, I think it was Kevin Bacon's character who was like, it it could have been any one of us in that car. And sometimes it feels like all of us walked into that car because the... the, the events ripple that happened the ripple effects and and the events that happened affected all of them and and we can really see that at the very last shot um uh during the parade which which i definitely want to talk about um yeah absolutely it it affects not only them but it affected their children and it affected their wives and it just you know it it really is it's one of them got in that car, but it might as well have been all of them.
1: Well and then the other thing too, we talked about the uh, Dave getting in the car twice and see like the first time he gets in the car, it's like killing him, killing his humanity basically, like he'll never lead the same life. And then when he gets in the car the second time, it's just actually killing him and ending his life. And it's just that decision to to get in, which honestly, you don't know if either time he really even had a decision. It kind of sort of it happened to him. Like, you know, the he was a kid, so it was that unless he ran away, those guys probably would have just grabbed him and thrown him in the back. And when the uh the savage brothers come up and tell him, Oh, let's go eat, you know, he doesn't really seem I don't think he has a choice there either unless he's able to run and like get away. Um so it's just the, the, that the that shot of like him him basically he dies twice when that happens.
0: When you kinda get over the fact that, oh, he didn't he didn't do this, it was Some other kid, uh, you start feeling really bad for him. I know I did. I feel just like my heart, like really, really went out to the the guy. Like, uh, (laughs) you know, he his his childhood was stolen from him, um, and then he's wanted for this crime he
1: didn't commit. When and then then he's never gonna he's never gonna see his boy. Like he's taken. You know, Sean Penn takes dave away from his son you know i mean just ruins that family
0: well you can really see it in the aftermath on on his kids on dave's kids face that he's he is now also damaged goods
1: yeah yeah he will be um what i also think too uh, was interesting about that is sean penn kind of sean penn and his wife sort of blame everyone but sean penn you know uh jimmy sean penn jimmy tries to he's you know talking to himself and he's like oh you know i killed him and i can't take it back and his wife's like the reason you know i told my daughters that the reason we're safe is because you'll do whatever it takes basically like even if you kill the wrong people you're gonna kill people to make us safe <laughs> like in that moment and then there's another moment but in that moment i was like she's just a psychopath like his wife played by yeah, Laura yeah. lenny so she's just just a, so just she, a she, psychopath she, <laughs>
0: Yeah, so she basically has no character in the entire film. Nothing. And then in the last 10 minutes, she throws this whole freaking line dialogue um, thing at you. And you're Calls like, king. what the hell is she thinking? And okay, so I do want to talk about the last 10 minutes in, in quite a bit of detail. Because it is literally, I, I timed it on my second watch, the last 10 minutes of the movie. Before the last ten minutes of the movie, Sean Penn's character, Jimmy, kills Tim Robbins character Dave.
1: Yeah, he basically tells him to confess and I'll let you live. And then once he gives a false confession just so he can live, Sean Penn kills him. And throws him into
0: the Mystic River, which for the longest time, I was like, Why the hell is this movie called The Mystic River? And then you find out in the end. Um or maybe that's me, nothing knowing nothing about Massachusetts. Um, maybe everyone knows that that river is called Mystic River. Who oh, just pe- but,
1: just people in Boston.
0: Yeah, just people in Boston. Um, but the the ending um, that you find out that it was Brendan Harris's brother who was mute. He killed um, the Jimmy's daughter along with. His friend, sorry, that's confusing. Brendan Harrison's brother, with, with the help of his friend, he he uh, killed Jimmy's daughter, and they catch him. They arrest him, but at the same time that this is happening, Jimmy is convinced Dave killed his daughter and and murders him. When Kevin Bacon tells Jimmy that you know we caught the kids it was uh Ray Harris's youngest son and and he
1: he confessed with beyond a reasonable doubt. And then he blames Sean for it. He blames Kevin Bacon. He says, well maybe if you'd caught him faster and then you right, just see, right. which, and then you just see just... the you see the realization on, on Sean's face like, oh you killed him. Like I can't believe it. I call it the perfect ending
0: because they come to the resolution that, you know, they caught who did it. uh Kevin Bacon and Sean Penn, they kind of have a, a heart-to-heart face-off sort of thing. They imagine Dave driving away in the car, like that happened in the beginning. Sean just walks down the street with a bottle of Jack in his hand. And, and I'm like, okay, it's not a perfect ending, but that's the ending. And then the last 10 minutes of the movie.
1: Well, I think what yeah and i agree the last 10 minutes are amazing because there's um before all this the reason jimmy event like decides to kill dave is because dave's wife says yes i think he did it without that i don't think jimmy kills him
0: no no no, definitely and, and celeste dave's wife has absolutely no faith in her husband at all
1: and then so when um when Jimmy is sort of having this crisis of conscience, like, Oh, I killed this guy. I can't take it back. And Laura Linney is, uh, who I think her name's Anna Beth in the movie, uh, says, you know, this isn't your fault. You know, I need, you know, your daughters love you and we want someone that's going to protect us. And then she's also like, and who would say that thing about their husband? Like what is wrong with Celeste? And then at the end in the 10 minutes that you want to talk about, um, Celeste goes, she's walking around this parade and Kevin Bacon's there with his wife who's now finally come back and she looks at Kevin and they just kind of stare at each other and then she just knows my husband's dead and then she goes over and looks at she looks across the street and Laura Linney's standing there with all these uh, guys the uh, Savage brothers and she they just stare at each other and Laura Linney just stares straight through her like basically letting her know you're the reason all this happened because you, you didn't trust your husband and so now my husband killed him and you know what I'm not effing sorry. Right. We're right. I we're mean, royalty the, over here. And now you're yeah. just gonna have to deal with that. And then you see, then right after that, she just starts calling to her son, like, I've accepted this new life that just happened. And the I looked at the police officer and he's telling and with his eyes just like, yeah, there's nothing's gonna come of this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And like, I'm sorry, I can't help you.
0: Yeah, it, it was just insane. I, Laura Linney's character just took like a, a one eighty for me. You know, basic wife role, and then just Laura Linney goes off in in that in that dialogue um, at the end, and I'm like, she's psychopathic! Holy crap! Like, she's where the heck did that come from?
1: And she's like, basically, Jimmy, like, have sex with me, and let's go to this parade. It's so it's so nuts. Um, well, and then the other but, thing, which, the, which I think you're going to get to, but the, the part I loved at the very end, too, is Kevin Bacon and uh, Jimmy mm-hmm. lock eyes. Yep. And he gives him the finger gun, which, I mean, I can only take as, like, basically it's like, I know what you're now becoming. I'm on the other side of this. I'm coming after you. Yeah. And Sean Penn, like, just solidifying the fact that he's now back in the life. He's going to run this place. He's going to run this town like Laura Lenny wants. He's going to be the boss of the Savage Brothers again. Just shrugs and like basically come after me. Like yeah, this come, is, this come. is who I am.
0: Yeah, it's like, a, it's like, you know, this ending opened up, I felt like, kind of a bigger world at that moment like no, there's abs- obviously obviously not
1: a mystic river two. i don't know is there a mystic river two? <laughs> there is not which i okay. do want to talk about
0: <laughs> so there's not a mystic river two. but yeah so sean is like i'm gonna get you and jimmy's like come at me bro and i felt like damn that just opened up like a, a much bigger world where i felt like it's this cat and mouse i'm i'm imagining the sequel or this like turns in like spin-off tv show where Jimmy is like doing all these like horrible crimes in Boston and Sean just like tries to get him. It just opened up so much possibility. This
1: is like exactly what I want to talk about is I think it opens up such a possibility for like more. It's like, it makes you pine for like, how does this end? Because the ending just opens up a whole nother story. And yet Mm -hmm. that sequel would have probably been horrible (laughs) And we would have been, We everyone would have thought, oh, they're just going after money. Why do they have to do sequels of it? Because I think this movie is honestly perfectly done. Yeah. But at the same time, it still makes you want more, like, what happens to these characters? Because, the, like, the the character wow. development of I think- Jimmy going back into this world, and now just you're, like, like the, the holy shit realization you have at the end where you're just, like, this guy is now going to like as his wife says you're going to run this town. It's just it's just kind of mind-blowing and that last little finger gun and shrug is just like it leaves you wanting more and I'm glad they had the forethought to to say we're not that's it. This is where it ends.
0: Yeah. no it, it you're right. It is a really good movie. Um all by itself. It it if they made a sequel, it would have been ruined. But I guess that's just a, uh, a an example of good writing is
1: it it leaves you, it ends the story, but it leaves you wanting more. You know, in wrapping up, would you watch this movie again? You know, it it's a hard movie. You don't really see
0: anything too graphic, but it it's a very sad movie. It's a depressing movie. I think I'll have to be in a really, really uh, uh, the right mood for this one again. I think it was very enjoyable. It was very well done, but it'll be a while. It'll be a while. Thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched, where I finally watched Mystic River. We'll see you next time.